0: Welcome to Create Your Vibrant Life Podcast. In today's episode, if you are a business owner, if you are an entrepreneur, you absolutely need to listen to this episode with James Wedmore. James has taught entrepreneurs and online business owners how to leverage the power of online video YouTube marketing so that they can reach more people, share their message and convert more customers. In 2016, James made a massive shift to focus on a big gap missing in the marketplace, the mindset needed for entrepreneurship. He launched a totally woo-woo podcast, Mind Your Business podcast, and a signature program, Business by Design. If you have not taken Business by Design, this is my recommendation. If you're an entrepreneur, you absolutely need you don't need to do anything but you would benefit by business your de- business you would benefit from business by design today he helps coaches experts content creators and authors not only to craft better marketing messages but also how to ditch the hustle mentality and create success from inside out so without any further delay Here's the episode with James Wedmore. It's a brilliant episode. I highly recommend that you take a paper and pen or your journal and take notes as we talk because you are in for an amazing, amazing surprise. And you can find James in the show notes. I have all the links there in the show notes. So you can find all information about James in the show notes. So here is the episode. You are listening to the Create Your Vibrant Life podcast. This podcast is for you if you are ready to tap into your inner wisdom, unlock your personal success, and evolve your life and business. I am your host, Padma Ali, and I'm well known in the space of neuropsychology and energy healing. I help Evolved entrepreneurs and high-performance leaders like you remove the invisible barriers that you cannot see that are keeping you stuck from transforming your life. As we journey together, you will quickly discover that the only way to create your vibrant life and reach new levels of success is to go within. There's no better time to discover the gifts of your inner wisdom than right now. So, Welcome to the Create Your Vibrant Life podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Create Your Vibrant Life podcast. Today I have a amazing special special guest James Wedmore James you may or may not remember i actually met you in 2019 at a bbd event that's how i i came to you actually through jim it's the other way around it's the opposite of wow. how most people find you i came i first found jim and then jim fortin our beautiful dear friend brother <laughs> Yes, and then from there Never I seen. found you, and I joined TCP and BBD at the same time. I was like, I wow. need to do it all at wow. the same time. So that's yeah. How I first I, met me.
1: I don't remember. No, no. I apologize because um, <laughs> it's hard when you're you know when you're running an event and you got I got a million things going through my my brain. I'm thinking about, but then I saw your picture of us, and I was like, oh my goodness! Like what? That's crazy. It that was 2019. How the how time flies.
0: Yes, and it feels like eons ago. Yes, it does. Now we both live in Sedona. I so. know,
1: We're neighbors. It's amazing.
0: <laughs> yes, and literally. Yes. yes. And we don't
1: see each other enough. Now it's on record. I know. <laughs> yes.
0: It's so amazing, right? Like it's like we're just across, like five minutes away and we're five sitting minutes. in the room and talking.
1: Yes. I, <laughs> yes. I know. <laughs> it's funny, but I, hey, that's the internet.
0: Yes. Um so I would love to dive in to anything you can share about spirituality and business.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm giving you a very broad topic. Sure. If you want me to narrow down, as it's, we start talking, I'll ask you,
1: you always can. Okay. Uh, completely. And maybe I'll go in a direction you don't want me to go. So you can you can stop me at any time. But um, you know, if you just started there, it's it's really why I started my podcast. Um, I, I went to my first event with my dad. It was like teaching marketing and business in 2008, April, 2008. And it was love at first sight. Uh, I, I knew this is what I wanted to do with my life, uh, run my own business. I wanted an online business. I was hooked and I was raised I'm so grateful for this. It's really like my dad has been one of my greatest teachers. I developed the ability to learn from the good, like what he was doing that was like conducive to results and the quote unquote, the bad, the unconducive. And I I just flipped it and I can share examples of that. But, um, he's, he was a very, very, very like 3d hardworking person, hardest working man I've ever met in my life. Uh, I mean, there's stories of his birthday and us coming in like, happy birthday, dad, his little kid. And he's on a phone, like in the middle of a meeting, you know, and it's like, okay. Or, you know, like Saturday, Sunday, all day. And he was in real estate, which real estate, as most people know, is already like realtors work so hard. Um, They'll do whatever it takes to make the sale. And that's exactly what he would do. So he would, we'd come and you want to go see your dad? Yeah, let's go. And he's, he's cleaning trash out of someone's house because they left it a mess. So he's a maid for the day or he's real rebuilding their back deck steps. Um, And he was constantly taking clients out to dinner and And then they would just not work with him or go with another agent. And I saw a man that worked so incredibly hard and was successful to a degree. There was definitely a degree of success within that container, but it was like maximized through 3D effort. And it's, it's, you know, there's a, there's a beautiful, you know, story and completion there where he, he worked until the day he got too sick. He couldn't get out of bed the day before he got his strokes, he was working. And then the next day hit and he was bedridden for the rest of his days. And at a young age, there was this inner battle within me where I wanted success. I wanted, you know, I got business And then on one hand, there's the what I learned in that programming of of my dad of the of the struggle work hard work harder than anybody else, and then also seeing that there was like I think there's something missing, might be a better way. And so the shortest version is I spent the first several years in my business on all the efforting. I mean I became a very dangerously sick. I'm grateful I did it my younger years um, workaholic. Uh, I got addicted to Adderall, which is like legalized speed. Um, (laughs) My mom (laughs) gave it to me. She goes, you know, your sister has been diagnosed with ADHD. And uh, if you take these little pills, you just have so much more focus. And I was like, let me, let me try this. I'm like, this is amazing. I can do everything for days now. And that's exactly what I would do. And I would get out of bed. I would pop 20 milligrams of Adderall. And I would sit in front of a computer for 14 hours straight. And I got down, there's pictures of me somewhere. Cause I was a little overweight when I graduated college and I started this business and I got down to about 140, 142 pounds. I looked like a skeleton. I lost all friends. Uh, I just moved back in with mom and dad. And I spent a good couple of years just working 14 hours a day, seven days a week. And then I hit the wall where I realized like I'm, I'm working harder than my dad worked. I'm working longer than he even works. And he's the hardest working person I know. And I have nothing to show for it. And these, I see, I love business and spirituality because to me, it's like, the, the way I look at it is it's applied spirituality because I don't think it really happens in a void. I think we're here in a 3d game to, to exercise, our, our lessons, you know, put them into practice and business is one of the best ways to do that because there's so many measurable scoreboards for us. Um, we can measure our impact. We can measure sales. We can measure our reach. We can measure performance. We can measure time worked and and how long it takes to do something. I love all that. So when you're learning and and things happen within, we see it manifest without. So I hit this wall and that's, um, that's when the journey began for me. And, and that's a, that's a huge lesson that I've carried with me, which is we, we need to, um, we need to, to honor and fall in love with the, the low points, the challenges, the breakdowns, all of that. The pain is the blessing because the pain is what finally gets us to pay attention and say, look, kid, there's something you need to pay attention to There's something here that you're missing. And that led me down a path that people bracket as spirituality um, it was the first store. It was the gateway drug. And that is law of attraction, manifesting. And that's where I started. And I was like, cool. Like I can, you know, first there was like the 3D my dad version versus like my my mom and sister who are like the airy fairy weirdos. And you know, it's like, okay. So it's like, so you're saying don't work hard, just close your eyes, think of a red Ferrari and ta-da, right? And so I'm battling both and forth, but in the middle was the scientist. And Longest version sort is I started doing my own experiments in my life and started seeing results, and there came a point in time where I, I did uh, achieve a tremendous amount of success, and there was this point where I said, "I can't continue doing what I'm doing without telling people what's happening within, like what I'm doing internally." the changes that i made within that are completely invisible to anybody else are the things that i can't ignore and or or si- be silenced about anymore this is what caused my success this is what changed the game this is what took me from 0 dollars in my parents basement to a million dollars in a year like i went from uh in one year like one of the ships was 200,000 to 1.2 million in one year and then we had another one where i went from 2 million to 10 million, a single year, every single one of these were these pivotal, uh, complete paradigm shifts that, that happened in t- internally. And it was about 2016 when I started my podcast. And I, I basically, you know, as they say, came out of the spiritual closet and started sharing, this is what I've been doing behind the scenes. And I want to share it with you. And back then it was very much more like this guy's gone off the freaking deep end You know, because I'm talking to a lot of business owners. I'm talking a lot of, okay, are you using YouTube here? What's your strategy here? What's your ad spend and your ROAS and your do to do to do's? And I'm like talking about my my chakras and and my my intuitive spirit guides as my business counselors. You know, (laughs) and and I do I like that. I'm I'm I tend to be a little contrarian by nature, and that is a bit so I can uh, kind of shake that loose when people. But then I've always loved and honored that I had the ba- the results to back it up, and so uh, to me today, the, the 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 final like 10 second, put a bow on that and tell me where you want to go from there, is what has served me the most, what has allowed me to create uh, a business that fifteen years later I'm still freaking so lit up and excited about, that has is extremely um, healthy, profitable, you know, big numbers. It's you know five plus million dollar launches and. 10-11 million dollars a year start have started other businesses since then been able to help a ton of people all this type of stuff is at the end of the day is that I have I have bridged these two worlds and that's what it feels like to me the 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 yin and the yang the left and the right the masculine and the feminine the the weird and woo with the the logical strategic and when i the more I have found the intersection of how they come together. It's not, they're not separate. They're one in the same. They're, they're two sides of the same coin. The more that is, has served me. Um, and, and that's really like what a lot of what I love to do today. Cause I get a lot of people who are very like into that. Um, you know, I always bracket it and joke around. as like the woo stuff. Cause I always like to be a little cheeky and I need to ground them a little bit with some like, yeah. And you need some strategy. <laughs> um, and, uh, And then there's other people that have coming from that very masculine 3d world. And it's like, and you need a margin for some miracles in your life. And, um, that's what my message has been about. That's what the podcast has been about. And that's what I've been about. And that's what I always try to live every single day is how I'm marrying the two. And the more I've done that, like the, the more things have just like opened up and become even, even more beautiful. And it really is like, I love the name of your podcast, like a vibrant life. And I think that is really what we're here to do is to, to have an experience, a, a vibrant, extraordinary life, not just all business, um, or all struggle in a business, but the totality of your life. So that was my opening, uh, where, where do you want to, where do you want to go from that pod? <laughs>
0: I love this. I love this. I love every bit of it. I am so glad you started from the pain point. I'm so glad you started from like where you were, which was like rock bottom. Because most people look at someone as successful as you and see only the end result. They can see all the steps it's taken to get there.
1: Yeah. And then they compare themselves to that. Yes. You want to compare yourself to me. Then here's what you need to do. You need to see how long have I been in business? You might say, like, 18 months. I go, great. Compare yourself to the 18th month version of me and you'll, you'll have a more accurate comparison and you'll probably start feeling really good about yourself. <laughs> so if you're going to do the comparison thing, that's why I say. It say, like, don't compare yourself to others. I'm like, yeah, y- we know we, we shouldn't and we do it anyway. So if you're going to go ahead and do it, do it accurately and it will show you more clearly. Why would you compare, you know, I'm learning to play the guitar right now. And I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of this. I've been playing for about five months. I'm getting pretty good. And I keep watching these guys that are unbelievable, just like dancing on the fretboard. And I'm like, okay, I give up. But then I'm like, hold on. How long have they been playing? And I had a buddy over last night and he picks up the guitar and he's doing the same thing. I said, I got to know how long you've been playing. He goes, I first, he goes, my dad was a, was a, a musician. I picked up my first guitar at seven. He's thirty five. <laughs> I'm like, okay, so I probably shouldn't be comparing myself to you today, right? Put in the put in the work, put in the time, and that's that's an important piece. Just as it popped into my brain to share it is, I love talking about these things, but a lot of times when people want to work with me or learn from me, a lot of the biggest secrets to my own success are the most like unsexy, boring secrets. And one of them is um, time in the game, time. You do anything long enough and consistently enough, and it's going to produce exceptional results. And I look at that. I've just been doing the same thing for 15 years. I think I'm actually a slow learner. I don't actually think I'm that great at stuff. I think it take, it's going to take me longer to play the guitar than anybody else. And I think some of the things that I do today took me longer than even I see some of my students doing. And it's like, if you just, I just think I'm better at sticking at something, sticking to something. And I know that's just like, that's, there's nothing sexy about that. But if you just kept staying the course and doing something for the next five years, especially if it's something you love, it's in alignment, we can talk purpose and, and Dharma It's game over. You know, sky really is the, the limit.
0: Right. And consistency. That's what Don Javier says, like mastery, consistency and repetition and discipline. So that's what you're you're saying. Like you can have anything you want. You just have to stay the course. You said a few things I would love to dig into. You said there were some, every time you, you up-leveled, there was like a pivotal paradigm shift. Big time. Okay. You want to share some of those paradigm shifts and how you...
1: Yes absolutely so sexy
0: version <laughs> no
1: this this will get into some sexy stuff but um the first thing i want to start with is two things to kind of lay the foundation for this first of all what i've discovered what i've experienced because i work with clients one of the things i'm really like proud of is i'll, I'll work with people at every level so someone who's like i think i want to start a business to someone who's like how do i get to 10 million and those are very two very different people like they're in different stages And so that's when I started realizing business growth really happens in stages. There's certain stages that your business finds itself. And in those different stages, your business has different needs and requires different ways of thinking and, and different approaches and different strategies. So a startup strategy is a very different phase than a scale strategy. And there's stages in between. And you need to know what stage that you're in and you need to address accordingly, and you need to lead the stage, not let the stage lead you. In other words, you need to be what that stage or next stage requires of you before you ever graduate to that next stage. And so when I started noticing this, that helped me kind of progress through the stages a a lot faster. But this is why we see patterns of like, just these super unbelievable visionary entrepreneurs that are ousted from their own startup companies in Silicon Valley because they couldn't or wouldn't. I'm not saying they don't have the ability. Maybe they're choosing not to, but they're not adapting or changing to the next stage. They started the company. They went through the startup phase. They raised the capital. They got the the MVP, the minimum viable promotion. They got the, the first boom. And then it's like, they stay in the cycle of like, what if we do this? And how about this? And what, you know, I'm just like, and the business now needs to mature. It needs to grow up. It needs something different. And this is why they'll put in this like CEO or this, this whole like corporate exec, you know, leadership team where the entrepreneur can't do that. And that is something I've found is that I, I say this with so much respect, but it's interesting. If, if you talk a lot about leadership, I think entrepreneurs make some of the worst leaders. And, and I mean that with, with respect, but that was something I had to learn. Okay. And so uh, to to sum that up, business growth happens in stages and there is the appropriate stage or the appropriate strategy for each stage. And we need to uh, shift or adjust to that stage and that strategy first to graduate to the next one. So then we're going to add this piece that if you're in a business that is you as a personal brand, congratulations, you have just signed up for the most Mentally emotionally challenging type of business that you will ever find yourself in, because it's, it's going to force you to confront a lot of shadow aspects of yourself. Who am I to be doing this? Why should they listen to me? There's someone better than me? Do. do, 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 do. And when you had a widget or a physical product or a service, you can externalize that onto the product, and it doesn't have the same identity level trauma and, and and identity crisis that you would, if you were selling iPhone cases, it's you, everything is you. One black, bad complaint. Isn't a bad complaint because you made a funky iPhone case. It's because, because it was a bad batch in the factory. It's because you're not good enough. And your dad was right about what he said to you when you were six. I mean, like, holy cow, right? The whole world that we get to unpack of, of emotions and beliefs and, and whatnot. So that's where a lot of the journey started for me. And, um, the, the first, there was the first phase, which was like a lot of, um, and I'm going to skip through a couple of them, but there was like the, on the sidelines, not in the game yet. Do I have a good idea? Will it work? I don't know. Is this the right niche? I'm afraid it doesn't. This is where a lot of people aren't. You just even have to ask, am I even in the game? You can't score points from the sidelines, let alone in the stands where people are making their opinions and judgments. Right. And everyone has something to say from the stands. Um, and there's the very few people that have the courage to actually suit up and step out onto the field. And it's only on the field where you'll score points. You might lose, but you might also score some points you might win. Hey, what do you know? And so that like choosing that niche, you know, even though so that, like, Hey, hello world. This is me. This is what I've got. Um, here's how it can help. Here's how much I charge. Like, that's like, that's when you know, you're in the game. If you're not doing that, you're not in the game. And, and I did that. It took a while to get there. That's where I was struggling a lot. And I took a business. I became this, this YouTube video guy. Um, that's why I went to film school with. And I took the business, and this is 20, end of 2013. And I took it to $280,000. And I, literally no joke, Padma, I thought I was on the top of the world. I thought I was like, I had a lot of ego. Not a lot, a lot of ego. I see a lot of people with a lot more ego than I had back then. But I just thought, I made it. This is it. I am the shit, you know, like I'm the top of the world here. And, um, from that perspective, I had reached the top of what that version of me actually could see. And I had this unbelievable, so simple breakthrough that unfortunately two things will happen as I share it. Number one, people won't value it. And number two, they also won't apply it. And I know that to be true for most people, someone will but I know that to be true for most people because I share this story all the time. And it's like, it just washes over people. And that's where we realized like everyone must have their own experience of this, of figuring it out on their own. So I'm kind of ruining your own story because this is what will happen to everybody listening if it hasn't already, but it's required. And I had realized that because it was a personal brand, because I was the face I realized that the biggest thing that was holding me back was I was using the business to get people to like me. Whoa. And that was so hidden from me. I didn't have much friends growing up. I was like a total nerd, totally misunderstood, very insecure. And when I found all this stuff I loved, which was the intersection between business and video and YouTube, I was like, I got something to talk about. And everything I did was through the lens of, I can get more people to like me. And I believe most people that I see today, and it's not with judgment, but there is a level of a need to look good or be liked that is driving the type of content they create, how they show up, what they say and what they don't. And I could I wouldn't imagine why that is even an unreasonable strategy because it's very easy to create a belief in our mind that says, if I can get more people to like me, I can get more people to buy from me. And there could we could say, yeah, there might be truth to that, except for one thing. The need to be liked is just about the most unattractive quality that someone can possess. We've all had an experience where someone's like, whoa, okay, he was trying a little too hard there. Like, Came on a little strong, right? Like a little pushy. And, um, and then we've also had an encounter with someone that, where we've said, you know what I love about her, what she just doesn't give an F what anybody thinks. Isn't that funny? So I started to to notice it was very invisible to me at first. And that's, was really interesting is how much is always there. And you just didn't notice it. Just like, if you like, I don't know, walk through your house and you're like, man, I didn't even notice like there's this picture that's always hanging that I just haven't even looked at in months or years, just things that are always there that you don't put your attention on. And then you start putting your attention on them. But I noticed that there was this little, the best way I could describe it was a filter. It was a filter that was dampening what I said or how I said it when I would go and publish something. And the filter just went like this. I would write something, like a Facebook post, Instagram post. And before I'd post it, I would say, will they like me for this? Will they think I'm smart? Or will they not be happy at me if I post this? And then I would adjust it accordingly. And then I realized I'm doing that everywhere. Oh my goodness. And I had this earth shattering, the glass broke, the, 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 the lights coming down from the heavens, just like everything went in technicolor. Like, you know, Kaiser Sose, end of sixth sense, he was dead the whole time moment where I go, that's been driving every decision in my business. Will you be my friend? Will you like me? And the moment I saw that, the moment I caught that, I decided so I can do this another way. And what I started developing, I try to talk about this, but it's it's weird because these are like intangible things, is I believe we all have targets, invisible targets from within. So the target was like me. And I just changed out the target. I kind of think of it like I'm like we're playing archery, and there's actually a bullseye in my mind. And the new target went from I need you to like me, to how can I change your life? How can I help you? How can I make a difference? And I even started saying. And I don't give a rat's ass if you like me or not. I can still help you. You can hate me. You can have not, want nothing to do with me as a human being, but I still got something I can help you with. And I really don't care what you think of me. And it came through so powerfully in the way I showed up, the offers, how I positioned my programs, how I spoke when I had a webinar or a training class or a promotion and how I wrote, how I, how I positioned my stuff, how I invited people to come into my world that I took the business from 280,000 in 2013. And I finished 2014 with just over $1.2 million in sales. And I didn't work any harder. I didn't work any longer. And that's one of these many examples I've had of a complete paradigm shift in how I approached my life uh, in my business. And this is where we come back to why I said, I love these conversations around spirituality, because I think it's harder for it to exist and a void. When you have a playing field, you see your growth. And one of the reasons why I've been passionate about talking about my gu- journey gr- during uh, learning guitar is because I always want to be learning and doing new things. I always want str- to, I, I, I kind of have this like little fear of like getting complacent in my life and just like settling. I always want to, you know, like you get older, you want to like keep flexing your brain muscles and and trying new things. And so I decided to pick up guitar. And one of the most motivating driving things with continuing to learn is I see the growth. I'm seeing the progress I'm having. And so when we go on any type of personal growth or spiritual path, and I see so many like parallels, like I would say so much of my spiritual path has been personal growth. I'm just trying to be a better version of me. And that's like, That to me is like so much of it. And this is a great example. Am I going to live my life for other people? Am I going to live my life giving my personal power away to the opinions and judgments of others? Is what I do and who I am an expression of the thoughts and judgments and criticisms of complete strangers on the internet? And I'm just the byproduct of that. And when I said F that, everything changed. And I can notice the difference in myself. And I see it when, in, when clients, when they don't do it that way, that there's just a, such a level of freedom and just such a level of, of, of power. So um, if I can share uh, an amazing thing that, that Don Javier shared to me that I always, it's like one, of, one, to me, it was like, it was like one of the most simple and, and beautiful things. And it's kind of in the same line and, and it and really connects with what this was about and what, what the game of business allows for us on a spiritual path to experience is he said, the goal for all of us is to be free. And I think entrepreneurs are actually, this is, this is my commentary on the side of it. Um, as I interject myself here, I think uh, entrepreneurs are driven to become an entrepreneur because they like crave that freedom. Um, Oh, you know, freedom, financially free. I want to work where I want that's freedom when I want, there's some more freedom for you time, location, money, but that's not all of freedom. And when everything you say or do, you're concerned by what someone says or thinks, you're actually not free. That's just your new prison. And so he said, the, the, the goal is for us to, to be free. And he's like, free within ourselves, completely free. You know, is no attachments, no giving our power away. And so he said, so all the little things that you find yourself getting into, all the little problems and things that blow up in your face and the, and the triggers and the, and the, the drama, they're just there to show you where you're still not free. And if man, like, that's it. Like if we could just begin to see the inevitability of problems and breakdowns and the, the challenges that we will face as we go through a life And then life as a business owner and then like life as a, as a spouse with a spouse, as a, as a, as a husband or a wife and then life with kids, you know, it's just like, it's just like higher levels of uh, challenges that you've signed up for, you know, it's just going to be, it's just going to be different, you know, maybe more stakes, but definitely more rewards. Every one of those situations, and especially as it pertains to business, are just opportunities for, see, here's where I'm still hooked by something. Here's where I'm still giving my power away. Here's where I've decided something that doesn't matter, matters. Here's where I'm still not free. And if we made it less about, I need to make a certain amount of money, I need to accomplish a certain financial goal and made that more the goal, say, I'm just playing a game. And the game, yeah, is you can measure it through money and profit and all that type of stuff, but the bigger game is how do I use this for me to as a, as a as a a playing field for expansion for for growth and for more freedom and higher levels of freedom that every time I do that, it just catapults me and the business to a whole other level and I'm like that's that's the juice right there like that to me is just sign me up and that's what i've been doing ever since is like i don't i really don't care about the money because i care about this game so much more and it's like man i can get i can get on board with that for the rest of my life so that's an example of one
0: Wow, I'm mesmerized. I'm just like taking it all in. It's you said so many amazing nuggets here, especially around trigger and drama where anytime you get hooked.
1: Yeah,
0: right. And and that is that is the place of growth. And this is where most people forget, like they get caught up in the triggers rather than seeing how can this help me get to the next level of freedom. You know, I don't know if you know this, but my I was a psychotherapist for 20 years that that was my background. So Uh The emotional stuff is like, so it used to hook me in till I realized how it was keeping most people trapped in their emotions, yeah. their emotions, keep them trapped. Yes. But instead, if you can look at it from that, exactly what you're saying, from that higher level perspective, how can this give me freedom?
1: It, it's also a hard conversation too, because there's a big, beautiful conversation about like, don't suppress your emotions and, you know, and. and Feel your emotions and honor your emotions, and and that seems to you know obviously like you can't have this conversation in a thirty second TikTok video because it's just too nuanced. But the reality is 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 especially in business, and and again if people don't hear the full context, you, you get a lot of pushback on it. But there needs to be um, no emotion from that regard, like we're not getting emotional and feeding every everything there's there's an equilibrium there's a center there's a neutrality that you can find yourself in that will have you be very much more powerful but that does not mean we are pushing down our emotions yes it means you're actually quite literally not hooked by them in a situation And so something I've been saying for years, as I said, business growth happens in stages. I also say your business will grow to the level of problems that you can handle. And so I believe that one of the other reasons, again, these are now the unsexy secrets of my success, is that the things that I deal with on a daily basis, and I can give you examples, it ain't all roses, but the things that I can deal with on a daily, weekly, monthly or quarterly basis in my business are things that a previous version of me would have been crushed by like that just instantly crushed the weight of problems the stakes the you know what is at stake here was just too much pressure for that young James and today my team will tell you that I have an uncanny and I don't say this to it's not to brag it's to it's the fact that success leaves clues model that success and, and set it as a new goal or destination to work towards in your own life and business that I have an uncanny ability to be cool under pressure. And that's where that undercurrent of freedom is, is like, I am choosing to not get hooked by something because what I do know is, especially in business, business is just a series life too. It's like a series of, of undulating, uh, unavoidable, uh, constant choices. There's just decision after decision after decision after decision. And when you're in your stuff, you're not clear. There's a lack of clarity that you could have when you're in the emotions. And that's why, too, if anyone is like freaking out about something, it's like, do what you can to center yourself before you make a decision we already know this logically. I can do the logic test on any of this. If anyone's like, oh, I don't know about this. It's like, okay, think of a time you get really angry. Do you think that's the best time to say something or do something is when you're really angry? No, we know that. That's why even I think it was Abraham Lincoln and said like, anytime I'm angry at somebody, I write a letter and I put it in my drawer. And then I think, I don't know if that was true, but that's the fable I've heard. Right. And it's like, yeah, because wait until the anger passes. And then you'll have a more clear headed approach to like, oh, was I out of line? Was I saying something maybe that was a little too hurtful? I shouldn't. It's, we know logically that we're in a heightened emotional state that our judgment might be clouded. We've not seen all the possibilities. And especially when we are in a state of actual like palpable fear that we can feel in the body. Um, I love this idea of we, the, the, uh, the, the future that is in front of us being nothing but possibility, and we get to decide how big as a radius or circumference that possibility is. And so the metaphor I always love using is the little like um, sonar screen on a submarine, little three inch diameter, you know, and it's scanning, scanning, scanning for ideas, scanning for solutions, scanning for decisions but why is it only three inches? Why is it so small? And I believe the more we get into that fear, the more we get into our head, the more we get into that logic, the smaller the screen becomes. And something that I had to develop and, and take time on is I'm choosing to only allow that to be three inches. So I can also choose it to be 10 inches or 10 feet or no borders whatsoever. And when I realized that there's Always a way. There's always a solution. There's always an answer. There's always something that can be done, something that can be uh, fixed or rectified. Why would I freak out? Why would I be worried? What, what is there to be upset about? Why should I be scared? Why should I be angry? Why should I be regretful? Why should I be ripping my hair out? And then when, that, when that's what your future is, but there's also an undercurrent and you know, for most people, sadly, it's just become pie in the sky, hallmark cliche, but when it's fully integrated, like it's, it's like living in the body that there is a knowing that everything that's happening is, is happening to you for you, not to you, but for you instead of to you when it's there to serve a purpose, that it's part of a design. It's part of a a really great story that it's going to turn out amazing. Then, And it doesn't mean, when I say that, it doesn't mean, oh, you're just being Pollyanna. You got your rose colored glasses on. Well, first of all, I I say, thank you. I appreciate that because I will be the most optimistic person in the room. But optimistic doesn't mean denial. Optimistic is my relationship with the outcome I want and the future. We can talk about what is, we can talk about what was as much as you want. And when you're done, we're going to talk about how we're going to make it the way we're going to make it. And you can call that optimistic or whatever you want, but I'm going to make the future go the way I want it to go. And we can talk about that. But as long as we know that it's whatever's coming down the pipeline in this illusion of a, of a linear timeline of, of events and circumstances in this, and we can start to relate to it as okay, this is actually happening for me, which means not that it's all rose and roses and rainbows, but that, oh, this is here to teach me something. This is here to help me. This is here to get me to pay attention. This is here to force me to grow or let go of something. Um, that can change everything. And um, yeah, so that's a really, you know, like, it's, it's a really interesting way. It's like, so I tell people on one hand, you know, when people say like, how do I get in all this? I say, you know, what changed a lot in my life is I made emotions. I, I, I made my emotions very important. They became the barometer for truth for me. They became the barometer for my just life experience. Like, what am I going through? What am I feeling? What am I sensing? And, and I made it very important. But then it, all, it almost seems like this, this uh, contradiction in a way that I've had to learn to not bring emotion into business. Not from a suppression standpoint, but from a, I'm not putting importance on things. I'm not feeding it. I'm not going, because so much of the emotions we're in is followed by the thought or the belief or what we're feeding and where we're placing our attention on. So if I just keep my attention in a centered, neutral place of this is where I'm going, eye on the prize, eye on the destination, eyes up, heads up, look at the the horizon, because that's where we're going. I notice there's really no reason to like react or get into my stuff or or whatever and i just keep going so it's a really interesting you know what i mean it like almost feels like they contradict each other but
0: they certainly do yeah Yeah. and that that brings me to what are some of the strategies that you teach your students to overcome some of these beliefs these limiting beliefs or these fears or anxieties that most entrepreneurs get into yeah um in general
1: yeah i i have um you know, like I I have, a, I have a lot. Um, I think, I I think what's what, and a lot of these are just based on my own experiences, like what I went through. So we, we hadn't, I I mean, like, I think all of us entrepreneurs are going to need to conquer fear in our lifetime. And I've had some battles with some pretty big fears. One of which was when someone, um, did this whole extortion thing and tried to sue me. And it was very scary. And I was actually visiting in Sedona when I got the letter in, or the email from attorneys. And it's like, you're being sued. And the little fear that I had got cranked up to a 10. I mean, I was physically shaking. I had tunnel vision and, and all that. And, um, and so I, I used a lot of how I worked through those things to, to like share not just as stories, but what I did as as you know, exercises and stuff like that. Um, and I think the most important thing too is like it's it's all your own internal work versus like looking for a magic wand or a magic pill or a magic exercise that that all of a sudden just like da-da. You know, it's like you're gonna have to face it. And that's the beautiful thing. It's like see it as this is it's my time to face this. Um, and not run away from it. And that's the opportunity that I had when we were faced with like this scary lawsuit situation. And the first thing I did was I looked at dead in the eyes and I said, I am in so much, I couldn't sleep. I was having like panic attacks, just like crazy anxiety. And that's not really me. So I was like, this was intense for was most afraid I've ever been in my whole life. Cause like, I thought everything was going to get taken away. It was just gone. So I looked at it and I, and by looking at it, I just said, what am I really afraid of? And What's going on here? Like, what, where's this fear coming from? And I just traced it back and looked and kept asking. And the the fear was like everything being taken away, like the money, the lifestyle, the the business, this thing I loved. And so that's where a lot of it was coming from for me. And what it did in that moment, which was so beautiful. And this actually takes me, it's a kind of perfect double answer here is this is how we took the business from two to 10 million in one year is when I, inquired enough and I realized how much these were these ego attachments and concerns that I was afraid of losing. And I, I had this thought where I go, you know, I could start other businesses. I've had so many opportunities like Amazon businesses, uh, agency type businesses, software companies. I've had all these other, it's not like I have a shortage of, of ideas. And it's not like there's a shortage of business opportunities out there in the world. And it's not like I have a shortage of skills. So what am I, re- I could just go st- set up shop somewhere else. And I go, isn't that interesting that I haven't, isn't it interesting that I keep coming back to this, this podcast, my, my coaching, my events, my masterminds and feeds. Why? And then it hit me like a ton of bricks. This is because you don't do it for all the things that you're worried about losing. There's a bigger reason. You just like the joy and love of of coaching and being of service and helping another human being. And I said, wait a second. Are you kidding me? That's all that matters. And that's the only thing that could never get taken away. I'm afraid of everything that doesn't matter to me being taken away, where the only thing that does matter to me in the context of business couldn't ever be taken away. Like that, the fear was gone. And so the first thing I tell, and and that's what I just catapulted. I was like, I I literally just had this fuck it and serve attitude. And we just blew up on, I mean, on a whole nother spectrum. Mike, I have a CFO consultant that he is our, you know, CFO. He's he's like retired. He was the CFO for Freecreditreport.com. They took that company to like a gajillion dollars and sold it. And you know, so he got a big payout and he 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 just consults with small businesses um for for fun and he said i have never seen a small business do what you did in a year what the heck did you do of course i tell him the same story but he's the very like 3d cfo like okay but what else did you do right and it was like no I, I i leaned into my purpose and and conquered fear that's that that was it and uh and then we were unstoppable like a freaking freight train so i tell people that we want to start to recognize it we want to understand it we want to see it as this is this is a a a Something we signed up for to the opportunity of a lifetime to, to start to conquer fear and and part of what really helped me is like the inquiry into it. What am I afraid of? what, what is the worst that's going to happen? And what will be the worst if that happened? And if you followed that inquiry, everyone gets to the same. And not to ruin the story, but to, you know, I don't want to ruin the ending. But everyone gets the same conclusion that even if the worst happened, I'll be okay. So. Why am I giving away and wasting so much of my energy staying stuck in fear when I'm going to be okay, no matter what happens. And then of course, you know, that fear clouds your judgment. And when we bring in the law of attraction element, anything that you worry or fear about, you set in motion anyways. So it's like a triple threat. I mean, so when you get there and everyone gets there in their own way, that's, but just make that the goal is like, I need to get there. Um, that changes everything because so much of what people are doing, um, they still have their foot on the, on the brakes in their business. And the foot on the brakes is the fear. It's just a little fears, you know, like, Oh, what if they don't like it? What if it's, what if I shine too bright or what if I'm too big or what if I'm too loud or what if people start not liking me or what if these people change how they treat me or what if I, I, people try to take me down or cancel me or whatever, and um, and so that's just fear, 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 and even if it's just five like percent micro fears, you take that from five percent to zero, is quantum, is exponential, and I'm the proof of that. Like that, those, those, that spoke for itself. We did again, we did nothing different. We just did it bigger. I had bigger events. I had. Bigger launches. I had more affiliates. I had more ad spend. I had bolder messages. This is who we are and this is what we're here to do. And we're doing it. And it's like, get in or get out of our way. And people were like, damn. And that's what happened, you know? So that's a big one. Now, I'll say one last thing about that. Okay. Cause I, I have this fun little thing with fear. Cause this is the big one. So fee- the way I describe fear and, 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 with your 20 years of experience, you can, I would love if you're like, no, totally disagree, James, you're dead wrong, but this is my relationship with fear. So fear is this internal physiological response that we feel when our intention is on an unwanted future that we actually are convinced is going to happen. That's all it is. And so the way I look at it is here is this moment, you know, the, the eternal now moment that we find ourselves in this moment, the illusion of whatever day and time it is in this moment, And in our mind, we've projected out actually multiple futures. We have multiple futures in our mind right now. We have a future that we call the default future. The default future is if I just flip the switch and continue to live on autopilot, which I did for a long time in my life, I try to flip people off of the autopilot um, because I think we're just kind of going through the motions, 90% of the same thoughts and actions and habits, the same thing as usual. We're drifting. So whatever, wherever the wind is blowing us, that's where we go that day. And that's default. And I can sit there and I say, I could ask you if, if, or ask our listeners here, if you just kept doing whatever you've been doing, what, where do you think you're going to be in six months? Where are you going to be in a year? That's the default future. Then we have on the other end of the spectrum, the, the defaults in the middle, but on one end of the spectrum, we have the like, give me your biggest dreams. What is the what is like when you when you get into the best state possible what do you dream about your life being? So that's your like hopeful dream, sometimes like we call it like the pipe dream future. But then there's even gradients of that because they're like, oh, the most unbelievable like best case but I don't believe it future. And then there's the like, no, no, no I think if I really push and da 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 I could I could do something a little bit better than my default but not quite that pipe dream. Okay? So there's like these gradients of futures. And then we have these unwanted futures and the unwanted futures are the ones where we start to feel fear. And there are some like worst case scenarios where it's like, okay, being homeless. You know what I mean? Like I've literally talked to entrepreneurs. I've been there myself. I think it's a very common and normal thing when you're in charge of your own financial destiny. And it's like, if I don't launch or promote or sell whatever, like there will be no money. And if there's no money, can't pay the bills, can't pay the bills, don't have a place to live, I am homeless. It is not too far off to allow your brain to follow that trail and end there and then go, oh my gosh, that really could happen. Boom, there's one of our futures, this worst case scenario future. So all of these and, and a whole spectrum of them exist in our mind. And the ones from the neutral over to unwanted are the ones where we tend to be in a lot of fear like... You know, so anytime someone's like in a lot of fear, I go, where's your attention right now? And they're like, they're going to do this. They're going to say this, and then this is going to happen, and then that's going to happen. Boom, 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 boom. It's like, has it happened yet? No, it's in the future. It's a future, right? Hasn't happened yet. And what we all know, And the last two years have proven that the future is anything but certain. So we've decided some of these are going to happen and some of them aren't. You know, like the level of hubris on you to be able to tell the future and know exactly how things are going to go. You know, you cocky SOB. So (laughs) what I do is I look at it from if we're in a lot of fear, all that means if we could even say that they all have an equal probability of, of, of manifesting. We could, we could even say, if we want to get really weird, that they all end up happening. And we're just jumping timelines to get to the one we want to go to. And there could be a timeline where you are homeless, right? And so the power of our intent and to say, which one are you feeding? And that's all you're doing. You're, if you're in fear, you're just feeding. You just have chosen a buffet. You went up to a buffet and you said, here's all this food. I, can eat, I could eat lobster. I could have spaghetti. I could have a pizza over here. I could have chicken. And then you're like, oh, broccoli. Oh, screw it. I'm going to eat that one. I hate it, but I'm going to eat it. So you just chose, like, if you just looked at it from a very neutral place, like you just chose the one you didn't want. That's, <laughs> that's how I look at it. So I'm just sitting here in my moment in time and going like the future has infinite possibilities, which one would I like to choose? And that's where I'm placing my attention. And we can choose again in the next moment, in the next moment. And I think that's hard for people too, is because they're like, oh, I don't know about my purpose or my vision. And da, 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 da. And it's like, that's because you're trying to cement it. You're trying, you think that this is like a final answer. You can no give backs. You can't change your mind. It's like, what are you talking about? You totally can change your mind. It's a, life is a moving target. So if we just played around with that as an example, it's like, I have a buffet of futures in front of me and it's like, which one am I choosing? Um, and once you, if, if you just choose the one, it's like, instead of diffusing your energy into seven, I'm worried this might happen and this might happen. Da, 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 da. And then for five minutes a day in your meditation, you have whatever's left over to focus on the thing you actually want. No wonder it's not coming to fruition but what if all 100% of your being is just focused on that one and that, and you have the tunnel vision for that. And, um, that has served me very well is there's always some form. It's not always crystal clear and it doesn't, I don't believe it needs to be, but there's some form of a, of a vision of the future that I am guiding and directing my life towards. And, the fun way to play with that is if you're like, oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's like, you do know you got to, that's told, that's a limiting belief. It's that's nonsense. We always know. We don't know the specifics sometimes. And that's wonderful. It, can you, can you ha- be okay with having some surprises in your life? Like, can you invite some surprises and miracles, please? And we don't always know how, but people have linked the how with the what Um, and then, and put them together. In other words, they'll say, this is what I want, but I don't know how, therefore it's not possible. Or they've said, because I don't know how, then I don't know what I want. And if you can just separate the two and be like, you know, look at it. Like the, the cardinal directions, North, south, east, West. I just know I want to go North. i just know I want to go East. And that's the direction I want to head right now. He's like, I just know. That I want to be on stages changing people's lives. I don't exactly know what the message is or how I'm going to monetize that. If they're my events or Padma's events or someone else's, I don't know. But I know I want to hit in the direction. It's like, then just start heading east and go in that direction. And I promise the image will get clear and it will also change and adapt. And that's where we're just keeping our attention. But instead we go, I don't know what I want. So that means my life is just going to come to an end and I'm going to be homeless and broke. And or I'm, well, I'm going to have to go back and get a job just over broke. And um, I found that that if that makes sense, like that is really served me in my life. Now, the last little thing, two seconds and I'll shut up is part of the problematic piece with all this is these futures that we have, especially like the feared ones and the default ones. And there are I, I don't have like all the studies and stuff but there's not an area or much of an area in the brain that shows um, a high level of um, prediction and association with the future it's more where like memory is stored so they've been able neuroscience may be able to tell so much of the future that we predict is informed and created by our past and Most people listening here today, I'm assuming know, at least conceptually, how much we are using our past and our experience to even cause and create the future that our past becomes the litmus test for possibility. It becomes our level of reasonableness that isn't possible because how do you know that? Oh, because of the past, 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 my experiences, what I saw other people do all in the past. So it's like, we create what's possible based on our, our past, or we say this is going to happen because it happened in the past, or we've seen it happen in the past. And it's like so much informed by that. So, so much is like this. Ha- and I, I, I literally got off a call with a client and I had to point this out to her right before this. She had something financially happen. And she said, now I can't do this because of, of those finances. And I said, you are letting what has already transpired. It's in the past. Determine whether you will do X or Y, and that will determine if you make more money or not. So if you keep doing the thing from the past that didn't make you the, the money in the future, you're going to continue to not make the money and we're, the cycle is going to repeat. And um, that has really, that's really helped me. I, I hope that makes sense. I tried to that, share that. Like,
0: amazing. Yeah. No, it's really, really, really powerful. And I love how you simplified quantum physics.
1: Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know if we're just jumping timelines, you know, or collapsing possibilities or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. But I think I would assume most people here have had at least one experience in their life where they got really specific about something. They wrote it down. They did a visualization or something. And then that's exactly how it transpired.
0: Yeah, I was listening to your um podcast on your home manifesting your home.
1: Oh, oh my gosh, goodness. wasn't that cool? <laughs> I mean I mean I I knew the first time I came here in 2015 that I was meant to be here. And and that was when the question started. I think I think something that will serve everyone so well. I first heard this from Richard Bandler. He was he was the guy that created NLP neurological programming back in like I mean, late eighties or something. And he said, the quality of your life. And then Tony Robbins says it, you know, cause he, he trained under him. Um, the quality of your life is determined by the quality of questions that you ask. And where I would like to expand on that is what will serve all of us is if we, to, what that means to me is if we create outcome oriented questions and we have the courage and the patience to live in the unknown as we wait to receive that answer, you will, you will definitely be living a very vibrant life. I mean, that is unquestionable. So even just that experience was, how could I live here? How could I move here? How could I, how could I make that happen? And the, the short version of the story was, is someone was like, oh, well, they just approved Airbnbs in this town. You should just buy an Airbnb. And that's how I got to do it. And then I thought I was going to be part-time and then boom, now I'm, uh, you know, full-time. And it was, it started with a question. And the problem is, is that to, to, rec- if you're asking a question, I like to look at it as like, you really are tapping into the divine mind that the, 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 has all the answers. And it's like, the coolest part about life is like, I'm going to find the answer is going to come and it's going to come in the coolest way, you know, and it comes in the most random of ways. Like I just, this person I was just coaching with, I said, like, I'm kind of something that's like coming through and I just want to say it. And I said it and she's like, I can't believe you're saying this because someone else just said the same thing to me like three hours ago. I was like,
0: confirmation. Do to,
1: yeah, do you need to wait a third time to say that this is a sign or have you received the confirmation that you need? And so when you learn to look at life as like, like the universe is speaking to you everywhere and you just need to like learn the, the language to interpret that, um, then the answer is already coming. But the problem is, is we've been trained to be in our heads. We ask the question, even when we ask a great question, that's why I'm like, I want to expand on that quote, the quality of life is determined by the quality of the questions you ask, because it's also becomes the, the, the ability to receive an answer is a skill to develop. And the, what we tend to do is we go, yeah, how could I build a million dollar business in 12 months? And then we go, I don't know. And then we go right up into our head. And we said, therefore, it's not possible. Therefore, I can't do it. And then we say, I don't know, and we can't do it. And I just don't live there anymore. And, and I used to, it's like, don't get me wrong. Like I used to be the most logical in my head, that 3D you know, offspring of my dad. And today is so much more like, let's bring on the miracles. Let's do the impossible. Let's, let's create a margin for magic. And, um, and when you do that, it happens and it, and the answers and the insight and the guidance to turn left instead of going right, or to call this person instead of not just happen in the most miraculous ways. And we just need to be, you just, it's just like, Nothing has brought more like richness to my life than to like experience those mini miracles all the time. And when they happen for your business and stuff, that's amazing. Now, Padma, where this becomes like, you take this to a full circle, epic, just unbelievable level is then when you go, we're sitting here going, yes, I want to invite more miracles and more signs in my life. Here's where you get to be really powerful on a whole nother level when you're really clear on your purpose and the work that you're doing, then you start to realize I get to be that sign for somebody. I get to be that miracle for somebody. I get to be not from like an ego place, but I get to be the answer to their prayers. I'm the thing that they were asking for that they were envisioning or putting out there to the divine mind. And that, that is so powerful. And like, I'm always asking to do that. Please allow me to be, ready for the person that is asking, that is that is in need. Let me be the answer to that person's prayer. Not me specifically like 3D, but whatever my story can be or whatever needs to come through or whatever my philosophies on life and business are and how that can show up for somebody. And that's just, that's a whole nother level.
0: That is amazing. Yeah. That's so That is so powerful. And that brings us back to the service, right? Like that's where, that's where everything shifted for you. It's like yes. coming from the service mindset. Well,
1: and that's, what's so tricky about if we're in any type of coaching, teaching, thought leader, uh, author, speaker space is that when we're in that struggle phase, it feels like we're at the bottom of a mountain trying to climb up, but <laughs> in order, in order for to like have clients and like people want to work with you, you have to be the person at the top of the mountain going, reaching your arm down saying, here, let me help you up. And so we have to find whatever we have to be at whatever we're already on the top of the mountain. Okay. So you're just, you're, maybe there's a higher mountain to climb, but you don't see that higher mountain until you're on the top of the existing one that you're already at. And so to, to turn around, instead of looking up, Oh my gosh, look at how far I have to go. Instead turn around and look down and say, who can I help reach up to here? And what's ironic is the people that you're reaching up to here will be the ones that catapult you to that new height. And And that really changed things around for me. Like, I mean, that's those driving questions of like my content is just always driven by what do people need to hear? What will make a difference? How can I help you? Where are people stuck right now? And I'm just always asking those questions. Like whether I'm like going for a walk or going for a drive. And it's like, I have lists. I could turn my computer around and show you just lists of content ideas. Like, I have 15 new episode ideas for the podcast that are right there. I've got 25 TikTok and Instagram real ideas. And it's just constant. And it's because I'm just, what do they need to hear? What do they need to hear? What, how can I help? How can I be of service? Like, what is the thing that's going to make the difference? Boom, put it on the board. Boom, 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 boom. Okay, flush that out. That's a, ser- a serious, that could be a new product. That's a great episode. Let's put that on TikTok. Let's do that on stories. And um, quality of your life determines the quality of questions you ask. And your courage to receive the answer. I like that.
0: More about that piece. That's incredibly powerful. Courage. Yeah. The answer.
1: Well, you know, I think we each have our own way in which we're going to receive guidance. Okay. I think part of the spiritual path you have to go beyond three D. You just you got it. Now that means a lot, but one of it is like you're not this separate, detached. Um. Isolated, disconnected blob <laughs> of moving parts. You know, like amoeba. <laughs> yeah, you're not this amoeba. You know, like you know what I mean. Like you are. There is. There's already a, a connection. Um, that you have to something greater, and um, and that's the you know part of the the mystery to dive in and explore what what that is. Is that's what I'm doing but i'm just grateful that i've been exploring that long enough that i have enough factual or evidence and data and proof that like whoa i've received things where i've just known that's going to work i've just known that's going to that's going to hit boom 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 and then and then have the evidence i've even had the opposite where i started it and we just had something recently but um <laughs> Uh, I was a mutual friend. It was Jen that told me this. This is years ago. I did a project and it failed. And I said to her, I was like, I knew that wasn't going to work. And she's like, no, that just proves you're intuitive. <laughs> it's like, you knew it wasn't going to work. You did it anyways. And that just proves your intuition. And it's like, sometimes that's what we need. In fact, that's, what I, that's where I would start is look at the decisions that you wish you'd it went wrong. Okay, I don't like to use words like wrong or bad, but oh, that was the wrong decision. Or I shouldn't have done that. And did you know? Was there a sign? Was there a way in which it felt that there was something off about it? And it might be so subtle because I'm someone who have really struggled with like quieting the noise and and getting into the like getting out of my head and really feeling that because I can have a brain that's going a mile a minute with a thousand ideas. And, and I'm like, wow, I started to notice patterns of how it felt when it was on the right path or when it wasn't. And so part of it is going to come down to the, the curiosity and the experiments you do to really find out what that is for you. So there's the different clairs when people talk about, you know, intuition and, and the voyancies and the different clairs, you know, uh, like, like um, clairvoyant, clairaudient, clairsentient and stuff like that. And that's one way we can start to bracket how people start to receive data packets or, or insight or information beyond the, the physical five senses. Um, some people um, see an image in their mind. And part of the problem is is like we just don't trust it, or we just think it's just a thought, or we just think it's random. Uh, some people hear something, and some some people see see these things three D. Like I just saw something, or they see it in their mind's eye, or they'll hear it in the three D, or hear it internally like a voice. Me, why I struggled with it is I'm uh, claircognizant. Um, is what I found is my predominant. And I think on the path with um, Don Javier, a lot of that's changed, and I've actually had other. Senses and stuff develop, but like traditionally, I was Claire cognizant. What that meant was, if I asked anyone here during the day on a clear day where there's no clouds, what color is the sky? And you would say blue. And if I said, do you remember when you learned that? You probably wouldn't know. What? Like you just knew. You just know now, and there was a point in which you knew. That's what Claire cognizant feels like for me is I don't have an experience of receiving the information. There's just a knowing that begins to emerge. And I don't remember a a clear point in when I didn't know versus when I did know. And so for me personally, and that may be someone similar listening, maybe very different. For me personally, what I had to develop was having that courage to ask a question about an outcome. Like, okay, you know, in challenging times, like, oh man, we really need like an extra 20 K this month. Okay. What's the best way we could generate that 20 K in X amount of time without doing this and da da da. da. Those are great questions. And I had to really practice being okay with saying, I don't know the answer right now, but it's going to come. And it's my job to just be in a receptive state and to catch it, to know it and see it when, when I find it and, and it always comes in the most likely ways. And so one example was, as actually Brandon Lucero and I used to be business partners and we were launching a program. Um, and I said, I want to launch a different way. I said, there's some, I'm getting this weird feeling. I was like, this is not the way to launch this. I said, so I'm looking for a different way to launch about an hour later. I got a phone call from a peer, a friend, and she just out of the blue says, I got to tell you about my launch. I just did. I, I did this weird new launch way and and I was like, Good for you! Like I'm so stoked. I don't know why you're calling. And she's like, okay, gotta go. Bye. It's like that was weird. And then, like, 45 minutes after that, we're like eating lunch, and it just hit me. And I'm like, that's exactly what I asked for. And I was like, there, that, that's it. And we deployed that exact strategy, and it was a wild success. We built like a multi-million dollar business based off of that, and it was like really leaning into like having my eyes and ears open. Paying attention, like ready to receive and and grab, and then also trusting that. Because when you're not trusting what you're receiving, um, the part of you that isn't trusting is the part of you that's in, that's the head. So it's the not trusting is just a data packet that you're receiving that has been filtered through logic. But this is bigger than that. So it's like trying to ask, a little child its opinion about the greatest novel ever written or the greatest movie ever made they're probably going to say it's boring and it sucks, right? Not very good book like you know uh, you know these Charles Dickens books are boring, you know it's like but that's through the lens of a little child and so we're so like trained and ingrained and in valuing the importance of the logic and the reasonable and the rational that we then discredit it or discard it because it doesn't match the criteria of the logic. But that's because it's bigger than that. And it's been the times where it defied logic that it was the most successful. This sounds crazy. You know, anytime it says, okay, this sounds nuts. This just sounds ridiculous. This sounds like, like, out of left field this i don't this doesn't make any sense at all but that's when you know you're onto something and so when we just continue to trust that and realize that the reason it doesn't seem logical is because it's it's just bigger than that and you're using logic to filter something that is is bigger and if all we needed was logic you'd have to ask yourself isn't that what i've been doing my whole life and is that is that served me in every way possible yes logic has a place absolutely but has it served me everywhere? Or has it also got me in trouble? You know, I've never seen an acceptance speech or a, a book about someone sharing their success. And they they said, the secret to success is just to overthink things and stay in your head. And if you're in your head enough and you overthink, you will overthink and over worry your way to success. The stories are always someone who's like, then I had this crazy idea. I was in the shower, I was driving the car, I had this random phone call, whatever. And that's when I just knew. This isn't going to make sense. This is going to be crazy, but we're going to go for it. And that's when it took off. So that like, we need to allow that in our life. That's why I say the margin for miracle is like inviting a miracle to happen in your life, but you can't invite a miracle, but then it has to fit the criteria of logical time. So I love the cliche of like, I'm driving home from work or the supermarket and something just said, turn left, but right. But home is on the right. Supposed to go right to go home but something told me to just go left. Anytime that happens, look at it as I'm training a muscle to trust myself, to surrender to something greater that's, that can be guiding me more and more. And I love to do that. And, uh, cause then I get delighted with surprises. So that's a, pra- that's a practice, you know, that's, yeah. I think it's, that's hard for all, of us, especially in business. Cause we are so in our heads.
0: Yeah. And that it's like about being in the present moment, right? Like that's where you yes. can be open to the miracles. When I first talked to Don Javier, that was the first thing he said to me. It's like, he talked a lot about the present moment. And I was like, why yeah. are you telling me about the present moment? And then I was like, oh my Lord, this is it. This is where life happens in the present yes. moment.
1: I, I would say, especially with working with him, I've I've had these thoughts like very recently I would say we could we could talk for hours and hours and hours but like the one like trump card that is like the ultimate thing is if we can train ourselves to be present and be in the the present and our attention is in the present that that solves everything i think that's where you're going to receive the most um, the most guidance. That's where we're not reacting. That's where we're not out of center. That's where we, we know where our attention is. We know where our emotional state is. That's where we're in our most power is, is the access point to everything. I think that is the, like, that's the secret, you know, to me, it's like people say, Oh, the secret, like law of attraction. So I was like, no, that's a secret because most of the times, you know, when law of attractions in play, if you're present, to where your attention is, you know what you're attracting. It's when you're not present, even when you know all these things like law of attraction that you realize, I just realized I spent the last three days worrying about that. And I just like woke up from a daze. And I'm like, "What? why was I just hooked by that? You were hooked by it because you weren't present. And I struggle with it every day. And I've just invited it to be a struggle. And I do anything and everything I can to, to practice that. That more and find more pockets of presence throughout, throughout my day. And it's a real, it's a real challenge for me. Um, but it's a challenge that I take on and, and it, every little bit of that same, that discipline and that consistency makes it, it makes a difference. And I can, I can see the difference, you know, like, you know, even, even just practicing, like, you know, you're going to go into a situation that isn't going to be bad. That's going to be bad. Like, Oh, I'm going to have to deal with this client or I'm going to, I'm going to have to, you know, complain about this at a restaurant or whatever, it's going to be bad practice presence in those moments. And I found myself just not reacting, calm, just clear-headed thinking deliberate, you know, I'm not in my head thinking about what I need to say. I'm just with the situation. And, and those are when it turns out the best, you know, so I, I, I really think like, if there's one thing in the, the, how can I be more spiritual? I think it's very easy to talk about all these like fun things, you know, <laughs> like let's talk to our guides and stuff like that. And, you know, let's get some like tarot cards and do psychic readings and stuff. And I think that that was like a gateway for me. And that, those stuff, that stuff was very exciting. And like, when I first saw the secret and read about law of attraction and got into like all this Abraham Hicks stuff, that was very exciting for me because it was like, Still planning to business, but um, something like this conversation about, you know, like Eckhart Tolle's book, the power of now is like, you either are, or you're not, and you're either practicing it or you aren't. And I love that the best moment that you to be present, the best way to be present is the moment you catch yourself when you haven't been. <laughs> and that's like, that's so, that's just like, I don't know. There's something so cosmically hilarious about that. It's like, it's in the moments that you realize you haven't been present. Like anyone listening right now, like, did you already tune out and you're like doing something different and you're kind of checked out and then boom, you can recognize that and that's you being present. And so it, it, this is in Eckhart Tolle's book. I love that. And I try to practice this one sentence over and over again, which is what was the last thought I just had? Or where was my attention? Or what was just going on inside, like in my head just a moment ago? Did I catch it? Was I even aware or was I like totally asleep to it? And the amount of times I'm like, oh, man, <laughs> <laughs> where have I been the last 20 minutes? I just in my head or I was stuck on TikTok, you know, because I'm just trying to check. Look, Panama, I'm just trying to check my stats on TikTok. <laughs> I want to go viral and be famous on there. And then you're on that newsfeed and it just hooks you in. And DX yeah. said, "Use social media, but don't let it use you." And they know what they're doing on there, and they are oh, so they good. Do. Oh, they just hook you.
0: They Man. do. It's very, it's very <laughs> addictive. Yes.
1: Yes, and it's it's no bueno. Like I, it's hard because we've seen a lot of good things and growth on there. I've seen a lot of my clients using TikTok, and I'm very intentional not hundred percent intentional. Like I do my best and I'll watch it hook me in and I've seen the effects it has on me and I don't like it. I don't like, I don't like cause I'm not doing it very much. And I just wonder like some kid today, poor kid that's on there for eight hours a day. And I, I just like, I'm that's hard. Yeah, That is like, that is the hardest thing is like, I don't know how I could raise a kid today and like want to be a great parent. And, but at the same time want to tell him like, I don't want you on these sites because I don't know what it's going to do to your brain. And I don't know what it's going to do, not just your brain, but just like your entire emotional like system so that you're, you need to be doing three things at once and you're bored instantly. And I could see that starting to happen. Like, Oh my gosh. Like, I just want to, and I'm like, Whoa. But we grew up in a different generation, different time. And then we've, that created disciplines in our life where we're able to like see that and have that discernment and stop. It's like, Oh man, that's not good. Like you can go on there. So every video on there, like what they've done is brilliant is they've created the best algorithm for hooking your attention. That's all it is. Okay. So every video you swipe through, they already know knows how to get your attention. So everything is just the most hooking and engaging thing for your brain. But it's not all the same. So one is going to be like a stand-up comedian. The next is going to be something that's going to outrage you. Like I've seen these videos of just like injustices, like someone treating someone like crap in the street. So you're laughing one moment, and then you swipe and all of a sudden you're angry. And then there's a really sad, depressing story about a breakup or something or or someone passing. And then this this is a wave of emotions you're feeling in 60 seconds. Oh my goodness! I don't. I don't. I, that's just. That's just no. No bueno. So that's a hard thing. I thought that's a really hard thing because, like, obviously we we're reaching a lot of people on there, and and it's helping the business. But I, I don't. I don't like what it's doing. Yeah. To the consumer, you know.
0: Oh yes. Yeah. So I'm. How can people find you? Or what are some the- TikTok.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I am just kidding. That's hilarious. So oh, that was like a perfect setup. Um, <laughs> is, just scroll enough and you'll find me, right? Um, <laughs> no, but we are on there. Um, you know, and I have this thing that I've been kind of talking about too, which is one, I have a podcast. Um, I, I I launched it in 2016. It's called the mind your business podcast. It's anywhere you would listen to podcasts. I think we're on all the places um, today. There's a lot of mind your business podcasts um, Really? Yeah, yeah, it's really funny. Um, and we like copyrighted it, but I copyrighted it with my name, so I guess anybody can just do their own, which is totally fine. I, 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 things like that just don't, I don't, it doesn't affect me. Uh, our downloads keep going up, so it's not like it's hurting us. Um, but you know, what's really interesting is what I see about social media. Is it's a place where we're putting content out, but I tend to have this. Pretty like clear observation that people aren't actually really in a learning mode on social media, right? Because they're in a distraction mode, and my type of content tends to be um, define logic and common sense. Um, I feel like a lot of what's gotten me here is like, and we shared examples of that is like kind of like a radically different approach to how I see something, and so it requires someone to have an open mind. And that doesn't really happen on social media. I feel like people consume it through a lens of either I already agree or I don't agree and here's why. And learning doesn't happen in either one of those. If I just say thanks for the reminder or I agree, I didn't learn anything new. I'm just reaffirming my model of the world. And if I say I disagree and here's why, it's the same thing, it's just the opposite. And the podcast has been this place where people say, I'm ready to learn something new. I want to grow. I want to feed my brain. I'm going to listen to a podcast. And it, it, they, they approach it in a different state where they receive news. So that makes me very, very happy. I love my podcast. I don't know if that's been your experience, but I love the podcast for that reason. So yeah. the, the Mind Your Business podcast has been my place for the past six or something years now to really offer for a lot of different topics yeah, we would jump all the way into the spiritual realm of everything in business um some pretty different perspectives and viewpoints that are all based on like my lived experiences and what we've accomplished and done over the years um that i think li- while listening on a podcast people have a bit of more of an open mind too and um yeah we're somewhere on the itunes the spotify all that all that type of stuff so
0: beautiful yeah. yeah you have bbd launching anytime soon or
1: we launch business by design is like i i did something this is an example of a radically it's i guess it's radically different approach but it maybe it's not to people today maybe it was back then we basically just have one product that's that's how the business was where i've added a few since then but like we just uh, what if we just had one product that's the whole business and that's business by design and so instead of like everything I'm, I want to teach, just keep creating products and products and products and products and and programs and programs and programs. I was like, what if it's just all in one place? And that's what business by design is, was, and still will be. Um, and I, then to go even crazier, I said, what if I just launch it once a year? And, um, we do that every June. So June, 2023, uh, we do a huge live training workshop and i i just break down like here's how i built the business like here's what's in it here's what works da, 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 and it's like our 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 framework for it and it's a very like simple but you know very structured structured and strategic framework i'm huge on on team at every level every level like just not doing it yourself and finding team and, and aligning yourself with people that are in your corner to help you support you in your growth And, um, and then being very strategic and that's what business by design is. It's like the, the reason I called it that was because I see that there are principles to business, but people don't see the principles. They just see the strategy. And when you understand the principles, the strategies are interchangeable. And so that's why I called it business by design is it's like, whether you want to do your business all automated and you know, this, or you want to do more coaching and hands-on, or you want it to be this and live and in person, but it's like, It's all the same stuff it's just a different it just expresses itself differently so it was like business by design was like this plug and play recipe to design it your way it's
0: Um, brilliant thank
1: you i i i mean i i appreciate that it's it's so weird it feels like this is my life's work but at the same time it's like oh i got so much more in me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like it's just one little thing i don't know but it's it's a big thing at the same time but yeah i've also i've been i've been launching it at, since 2016 it's it just goes back to that thing we started this episode with It's a good it's a good full circle moment it's like you do one thing consistently enough over a long enough period of time it's gonna it's gonna do well and that product has had an evolution to like what it really is you know, and I'm just like, I was always willing to put in the time to say, well, what is this going to be? What does it need to be? What is, what do people need it to be? Which is a great question to ask. And, um, and that's, that's what it became. Like the first version is nothing like what it is today. It just evolved as we evolve. And, um, I'm here for that. Just constant evolution. Const- it's not just always just growing like in a linear, it's just, just changing, just different. And, uh, that's helped me. And uh, it's, it's helped our students. So, yeah.
0: Amazing. I, I love, I love, I mean, I can talk to you for hours. Maybe I'll have you back.
1: Hey, I'm willing to come back anytime, but we also should probably do one in person.
0: Yes. Oh, that would be lovely. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're working on a, we got kind of a hybrid podcast studio going on in the house, but we're going to actually like build out an official set um, which is which is really cool because we're filming all the episodes now, so that we have content for for social media, which is really great.
0: Yeah.
1: And um, yeah, no, I I have me back anytime.
0: Yes. Yeah, because I would love to just dive into your lessons from working with Don Javier too. That oh is- my god!
1: Oh. So we I need like was- a ten. We need a ten part on that because the if we can tease people a bit on that, like. Here's here's kind of the the prologue to that. Brandon was the one that connected me with him in 2015.
0: Wow, and I just interviewed Brandon too.
1: Yeah,
0: I'm I'm meeting him next week. Like,
1: yeah, yeah. I was just hanging out with Brandon last night, and and then he was speaking at my event last last week. So Brandon connected me in 2015, and uh, and and Don Javier still kind of teases me for this. I completely rejected him. I, I was like, <laughs> what the F is this? Who the F is this guy? Who is he thinking he is? Da, da da da. I was like, I want nothing to do Oh my goodness. any of this. And I just pushed it away. And um, it's so beautiful. I am so grateful for that experience because obviously I came back around and to say that you know, being on this path is changed my life in the most unbelievable, miraculous ways is the understatement of the century. And part of what has been a a piece of that journey, I call like part of that journey is the the rejection and pushing away of it. And there's been a lot of people that I've gotten to speak to that have, you know, been very similar in that. And I'm like, there's so much compassion and patience for like, it's just like, this is how we get in our own way and our own growth. And I like, here's someone who's just unconditional love trying to help you and no catch. And I'm being an a-hole and like, what is this? What do you want from me? And I don't want anything to do with this. And it's like, you know, and then if there's just compassion for others anywhere in their, their path and how we sabotage and reject what we need or what's next for us. And, and to then bring that full circle where when he moved out here, I'm the, I'm the only one. I was the only one out here. I was already out here by the time he came out here. So Padma, there was like this six month period where I would be at his home three or four times a week, helping them set up their home. And then, you know, like hanging pictures and doing anything, because I'm very handy like that. So not that hanging a picture is handy, but like I'm handy. So I could do little fix it projects around the house. And I was just helping them. And it was just, and it's in the middle of quarantine. So there's like nobody, nothing. The world's all shut down. They're setting up their home. I'm just coming over three or four times and just like sitting there, eating dinner with them. Like it just became like an almost everyday thing for months. And I knew it then. I said, I will cherish this time for the rest of my life. This is a very special, you know, limited time. And it was incredible. And the the growth I had, just in that time, the catapulting, oh my goodness. Like the the books I could write just from like the adventures and the drama, because a lot of the growth I had is think about this, like when I um, approached, like when this, when that time period came in my life, I would say I had a very strong mastery of the 3D. Business was at the highest it had been. Like we had a team of 17 people. We're just like, boom, 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 crush, 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 take action, you know, kick butt, take names, whatever they say, you know, cashing checks and breaking necks and all the time, just crushing it. Right. And then it was like so much of that world had to just come crashing down for me so much of what wouldn't serve me with where I'm going and what, where my path is and where my future holds just had to break away. And the amount of like, oh my God. And you know, like that's a whole nother game when you have something and then you have this experience of like, am I going to lose it? It's one thing to be like, I have an idea, but I don't know if it's going to work. Is it going to fail? Is it going to never work? I don't know if this is the right path, the right plan, or the right uh, idea or direction. It's a whole nother thing when you have it and you're like, what if I lose it? What if I lose it? What if this is the end? Oh my goodness. You know, the higher they fall, the, the bigger the fall, or the higher they rise, the bigger the fall, whatever. And the, the, oh, the shamanic deaths, the, the pain, the, the drama. Oh my goodness. It's, it's, it's almost worthy of a movie, but, um, beautiful. Just like, and so that's, and this will be, but that'll be kind of like if my, my prologue and teaser, that's the trailer coming soon to a podcast near you. Um, (laughs) part two, and and we could, we could get into all that, but what it has left me is a, a quote. I like, I like to have like axioms or phrases for my life, you know, affirmations, Sure. Um, And it's, I'm here for all of it. And that's where it's really left me is just as we were saying towards the beginning, like embrace the good, embrace the bad, be here for all of it. Like ride the roller coaster and ride the ups and the downs with your, with your hands up in the air and like, you know, hooping and hollering and just be here for all of it. And I've had some challenging things happen to me over the last couple of years, some really tough things that were very tough on me. Very, oh, heavy for me. One of which was, um, going live for our event with 2000 people. And an hour before I went out on stage, I got the word that my dad passed. Oh, like that Whoa. was, that, wow. that was, that was an intense moment. And then of course, going through the experience of your father passing while I'm going through a divorce and all kinds of other stuff in my business and life. And, but then being on this path and like being able to connect with him on, on a level like, and just having the experience of your father passing and what you're able to connect to when you're on this path has been like experiences I'll just cherish for the rest of my life. So the last couple of years have been the most vibrant I would ever say. And that, that's what he said to me. He goes, when we met, when you came out here and this is like, so true. He goes, your whole life was business. Mm. And he goes, and now your life is so much more. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is business is the same size. It's still the same in its importance or its size or whatever vastness, but my life has taken on so much more. And that is open my eyes. Like I literally wasn't just like it's all business, you know, and even a path or spirituality or intuition was all for business. And it's like today, my life has so much more in it from music and, and, and this path and, and amazing people and friends and uh, experiences and relationships. And it's just taken on so much more. And I didn't know there was more, which is kind of silly to say, but yeah. Have me back anytime.
0: Oh my God. <laughs> yes. The, the part two sounds even more interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, probably is. <laughs> Maybe we'll just delete this episode and just record that. <laughs> <laughs> if that one's more interesting, let's just do that one. No, that <laughs> one. Both this, this is just a warm up. No one will hear this one.
0: But see, this is this is what you said right in the beginning. This is the marriage of the three D and the spiritual world, right? And yeah. so this is right right on track with that. So
1: yes, we're and not that- deleting this. No, I know. That's good. I that would be, that would, I'd appreciate that. But yeah, that's, it's uh, during the last two years. I mean, just like, and I think most people, I think most people the last couple of years have had some big, big changes. And I think that's a really beautiful thing. And, yeah, you know, here's to more, more changes, more growth. So
0: thank you so much for coming on here and yeah. sharing your wisdom and Yeah, I I can't wait to have you back.
1: Yeah, definitely, I can't. Thank you, thanks so much for having me. It's a blast. It's it's amazing to talk about this and not just business and marketing. So so thank you. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to the Create Your Vibrant Life podcast today. If you have gotten value from today's episode, I invite you to share it with your friends and colleagues. If you would like to further connect, you may follow me on Instagram at Padma Ali and LinkedIn. Of course, you may also visit me at PadmaAli.com to get more information on how we can work together. Thank you so much for being here.